welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Glory to God. Before you have your seat, the Bible says in Joel chapter 2 and verse 2, it says, from verse 1 says, Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. A dark, a day of darkness and gloomness. A day of clouds and thick darkness. Like the morning clouds spread over the mountains. A people come, great and strong. The like of whom has never been, nor will there ever be any such after them. Even for many successive generations, a fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Surely nothing shall escape them. Nothing shall escape them. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lift your hand one more time and say, I come in the name of the Lord mountains fall flat because of me they fall flat before me because i come in the name of the lord glory to god welcome someone to your light left and to your right and you may have your seat in god's presence thank you jesus thank you precious holy spirit we started talking about the message of the cross and how that the cross is the beginning for us. It's the beginning of beginnings. And that creation as we know it actually started from the cross. Yes, the beginning was Eden. The beginning was uh, Adam. But the cross for us is our beginning. It's where we started from. Glory to God. You can go to the website, you see the previous message and listen to it. Today I want to continue and trust God for utterance. Mark chapter 15. Let's start from there. Mark chapter 15. And verse 34. It says, And at the ninth Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, Lamak Sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? At that point, Jesus recognized that the Father had left him. And up till, up till that time, the father hadn't left him at any point in time. But that particular day, that particular moment, he saw that the father had left him. So he cried out, my father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So when Jesus presented us before the father 
you know before that I read the part that said he said um, um, son said woman uh, behold um, your, your let me read that again he said when Jesus therefore saw his mother and his disciples standing by whom he loved he said to his mother woman behold thy son and son behold thy mother so Jesus at that point had presented us before the father and he being the sacrifice if you read Exodus and Leviticus you see the pattern how that the sacrificial lamb had to be taken outside the camp and then the priest um, the lay their hands on the sacrifice and take it outside the, the camp to be sacrificed okay so if you follow what happened to Jesus is the same way the priest at the time laid his hands on Jesus and from that time the priesthood was transferred from the um, house of Aaron to the house of Judah I don't want to go into all the theology about about how that happened because Jesus could not be he could not be a priest unless there was that transference okay so it was transferred at that time to Jesus by the laying on of hands okay so the he he moved because he's the sacrificial lamb he came outside the camp outside the place called Golgotha the place of the skull and then there he was he was sacrificed so at that point um, hands were laid on him so that tr transference in old time when the priest lays hands on the sacrifice it's transferring the sins of the people to the sacrifice okay so that from that point once the sacrifice has been done the sins of the people would have been cleared till the next year okay good so this was what happened to Jesus and um, they cried out my God my God why have you um, forsaken me so at that point I, I believe that God was was um, asking Jesus at the point where is the sacrifice because you have to present a sacrifice and the scripture tells us it says a body have you prepared me all right so Jesus being the sacrifice offered himself to God and God seeing the sacrifice and seeing the sins of the people turned his back why because the Bible says his eyes cannot behold iniquity so at that point when the sin of the world was put on Jesus the father turned his back at him now something significant happened at that point so God looking down at the sacrifice without blemish because it had to be without blemish all right carrying all the sins of the world God poured his judgment on the sacrifice so on the cross God judged sin once and for all on the cross so he poured the judgment on the sacrifice the judgment of Jesus that's why he couldn't behold him he couldn't look at him all right so that it consumes sin and unrighteousness it consumes sin and unrighteousness if you look at uh, first Kings 18 we see the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal so when the sacrifice was presented God's judgment consumed everything the Bible said it consumed the stone the wood the water the bull everything was gone everything was gone 
But guess what? Now, now this shows us that in the old covenant, whatever sacrifice you make cannot take away God's judgment. But in the new covenant, Jesus is our perfect sacrifice. So God's judgment came, but guess what? The sacrifice remained. His judgment came in the old covenant. The judgment came, but the sacrifice was no more. Meaning, they have to bring another sacrifice. But this time around, the judgment came, but the sacrifice remained. Meaning that that sacrifice is a once and for all sacrifice. It says there remains no longer a sacrifice for sin. Why? Because the sacrifice still remains today. So when the judgment of God came on Jesus and the, um, it consumed everything, the sacrifice was still there. It means it's an eternal sacrifice. We can no longer present any other thing. Why? Because that sacrifice is still there. If the sacrifice was gone, just like um, in, in Elijah in 1 Kings 18, he said the stone, the wood, the sacrifice, the water, everything was consumed. Why? So that the next time, they have to present another sacrifice. Alright? But the, when it comes to Jesus, when the God's judgment came, everything remained. The judgment came, the sacrifice consumed everything. He absorbed the entire sin of the world and then he remained. That's why it's called an eternal sacrifice. So it was done once and for all. So I, I, I understand from there that from that um, demonstration on the cross that God's judgment is not on you. God's, what did I say? God's judgment is not on you. Why? Because on the cross, Christ has been judged. Has been judged. So a lot of people, because of that, you know, over the years, I've, I've, I've talked with people, um, lots, countless numbers of people, and um, struggling with um, success and trying to achieve one thing or the other. So one very common factor I hear all the time is that, I, I think God is angry with me. I think God is angry with me. A lot of people say that a lot. So because of that, they don't take bold steps, you know, to face uh, opportunities and all that. So they remember their past and they say, it must be something that I did wrong that is affecting my future. I understand the place of cause and consequence. I understand the place of, um, of, um, sorry? What do you call that? Actions and, and, and consequence. I understand the place of that, you know. And that's what happened in, um, in Eden. God said to God, a lot of people think that God actually cursed the world. God didn't curse the earth. He didn't curse the earth. All right. It is cause and consequence. So he said to Adam, because you have done this, the ground is cursed. Because you have done this, the ground is cursed. So he said from that time, with pain and toiling, will you eat of the ground. It means before, you were not designed, thank God the book of the month is no more toil. You are not designed to toil. 
at that time the Bible says that God hadn't sent um, rain upon the earth how was the earth being watered the water was coming from the ground it was coming from the ground up there was no rain that was coming from from, from, the, from the clouds All right. so God said because you have done this the ground is cursed for your sake so with pain and in toiling will you eat of it now before that God said to man that I have given you authority, I've given you power to have dominion on the face of the earth. When God said that, God did not take away the dominion of man. When man fell, his dominion was still intact. That authority, that power to rule and reign, invent things and all that was still intact. It wasn't taken away. That's, that's the justification for people who say things like I know somebody who is not born again he hates God to the core but he's a billionaire that's dominion right there you don't need to know God to make money let me shock you now you don't need to if you think knowing God is equivalent to making money I'm sorry will you make money knowing God yes but knowing God is not the reason you should make money it's an advantage it's not the core thing. So everybody upon the face of the earth has been equipped with dominion in their space. So if you exercise authority, exercise diligence, exercise principles of life, you can make money, make wealth, and be great. You can. Okay? That's dominion. That's what God has given to man. So everyone upon the face, there's a scripture that says that Jesus is the light that lights everyone that comes into the world. Everyone that comes into the world. There is a dimension of God in all human beings everywhere. Buddhist, Hindu, Sheikh, whatever. There is a dimension of God inside of you. In a believer, there is a dimension of God in another level, another operation. So just because you are a believer does not give you privilege, does not give you the right of firstborn. It only gives you added advantage. So you take the fact that I'm a believer in the presence of God and do exploits not the same results that unbelievers are getting without Holy Ghost not the same result the Holy Ghost in you should give you an added advantage should give you a, a depth that the unbelievers do not have it should give you that depth if you have that understanding you will question why you speak in tongues your speaking in tongues will not be for sure it's a power instrument it's it's you are generating power you are speaking another language which the world doesn't understand but science understands it as coding that's coding that's how science interprets it communication between two entities that is coded you, you are speaking in tongues. Communication between two entities. That is what? Coded. 
So science interprets it as programming, as coding. But when you speak in tongues, that's what you are doing. You are coding a language that you and God understands. That you and God understands. So you don't take it lightly. You don't. So it's not that um, um, you are doing, yes, you can be doing a lot of things and then speaking in tongues, but you are conscious of what you are doing. You are conscious of the power that you are generating. You are conscious of the exchange in the spirit that is happening. You are conscious of it. So Jesus being that sacrifice took all the judgment, everything, everything and God turned his back on him and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So God is not angry with you. Yes, he was angry but that anger was poured on Jesus a long time ago. He was angry at some point but was poured on Jesus. So if you've accepted Jesus, you know that it's not when you accepted him that God stopped his anger. No. And if you've not accepted him, know also it is when you accept Jesus. It is neither. It is when you accept Jesus, then God will stop his anger. No. You, you, you can't say that, okay, um, because I haven't accepted Jesus, when I accept him, then God will no longer be angry with me. No. Before you accepted him, he was not angry with you. After you accepted him, he's still not angry with you. Why? Because the judgment is not on you. Someone said there is no judgment. There is no more judgment on me. So I step out in faith. And I win. Say I have no excuse for failure. Glory to God. So this, the other thing there is that. The Bible says in John 19, 28. It says after this. Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. That the scripture might be fulfilled. He said, I thirst. I thirst. I thirst. Glory to God. He said, I thirst. So at that point, all things are now accomplished. All things are now complete. And Jesus knew it. Jesus knew it. The divine exchange has been made. Our sin offering has been accepted. We've been presented to the Father. So that the scripture might be fulfilled. Jesus cried, I thirst. So I asked myself, what scripture is he trying to fulfill when he said, I thirst? Because the Bible says, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. So what scripture is he trying to fulfill? Glory to God. To thirst signifies that you are without strength, one. And that two, you need a refreshing for your soul. And that's from the Greek word, dispow. Dipsow. Dipsow. So Jesus longed for a refreshing. He longed for rest. His soul longed for a restoration. His soul, his soul was longing for a restoration. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 21, the Bible says, Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. The word restitution here is the Greek word apokatastis. It means restoration of a true theocracy, of a perfect state 
before the fall of a perfect state so Jesus is saying that I thirst I'm calling for a restoration of all things I'm calling for a restoration of all things why? because it is complete everything is done everything is done glory to God in verse 29 of John chapter 19 it says now there was a, a set a vessel full of vinegar and they filled the sponge with vinegar and put it upon high soap and put it to his mouth so for the scriptures to be fulfilled they must give him what he thirsted for or rather what symbolizes the satisfaction of his thirst Jeremiah chapter 31 it says and it, and it shall come to pass that like as I have watched over them to pluck up and to break down and to throw down and to destroy and to afflict so I will watch over them to build and to plant says the Lord in those days they shall say no more the fathers have eaten a sour grape and the children's teeth are set on edge that sounds like a full restoration it sounds like a full restoration package so in those days the common saying was that the children will suffer the consequence of the father the children will suffer what the consequence of the father's actions but on the cross Jesus dealt with every generational curse he dealt with everything and thirsted for our restoration our rest our restitution and our refreshing and then he says no more are we under a curse we are redeemed and brought to a place of rest glory hallelujah redeemed and brought to a place of rest he said no more are we under a curse because of Christ so not only did God did the father accept Jesus not only did the father accept us Jesus ensured that our complete restoration he ensured it and ensure that we've come to a place of rest in God. So you have no more excuse. You have no excuse. And at that point, you now have a new DNA. A new DNA. You are no longer after the similitude of the first Adam. You are now after the image of the last Adam, which is Jesus Christ which is Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Yes, I know people say a lot that hey, there's generational curses and songs. I also believe in generational blessings. Come on now. I also believe in generational blessings. So if you have enough faith and enough energy to say my father did something that um, is going to haunt me in the future, I can also tell you your father Jesus did something that can also be a blessing for you in the future so if you think that there is something someone has done and because of that thing it's going to affect your future I can tell you no problem but I can tell you also that Jesus did something that guarantees your future that guarantees a blessing for you throughout all eternity that's the essence of the cross the cross is not for show glory to God If I ask you, I don't care. Bishop Kola, I want you to choose. Would you prefer 
a 2004 Cadillac to a 2021 Cadillac. Why? Has more has more features that has been upgraded. Okay. Who sinned first? Or rather, um, who came first? Adam or Jesus? Okay. After Adam came, and Adam came with the 2004 Cadillac, and then Jesus came with 2021 Cadillac, and you want to choose, you now say, I'm from 2004 Cadillac. Does that make any sense? So he has brought something new which is recent. It's current. Every year it is new. Every year it is new. Then you now decide that because of what Adam did, that's why I am where I am. But Jesus has presented a 2021 Cadillac before your very Koro Koro. If you don't know what Koro Koro is, ask Google. And then you decide to choose 2004. My brother, why? Ask your neighbor, why? Sometimes we feel that it's not our choice. That we have nothing, we didn't cause it, and that it was given to us. Yes, it was given to you, but you had a choice to take it. So the same way Adam presented sin, nature, and seed, and everything, the same way Jesus presented 2021. That's why they call it too good to be true gospel. It is too good to be true. It's too good. That's the gospel. You say, ah, but how can, how can, how can he just give me just like that? Tell your neighbor is just like that. Glory to God. I'm tempted to jump into the other one. Time is fast spent. Romans chapter 5. I'll stop there today. And verse 14. It says, therefore, sorry, let me read from yeah, let me read from 12. Therefore, just as though as through one man, sin entered the world, and death, death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. Who is a type of him who was to come. It says, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift, 
which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. That's the summation. They who do what? Who receive. So when you are presented with a 2004 and you are presented with a 2021, what is he asking? Receive. 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 What Christ did on the cross cannot be overturned. What is showing you here in Romans chapter 5 is showing you your new DNA. That this is where you come from now. This is your lineage now. This is your heritage now. That's where you are drawing strength and grace from now. Because you have received a new life. It's called it a free gift. So if by one man's offense, death reigned. What about one man's obedience? If you are so concerned about what Adam did, why can't you be so concerned about what Jesus did? One has nullified the other. That's what he said. So if by one man's offense, death reigned, he said much more, much more, the righteousness of one man, the justification of one man, is reigning in you. Glory to God. Say I'm free. Stand to your feet. Tell two people I'm free. I have a new life. Tell two more people I have a new life. I've been justified. I've been set free. Come on. Say I've been set free. I've been justified. I have a new life. A new DNA. I function with a new grace. I function with a new anointing. Glory to God. Come and give the Lord a shout of praise. Lift your hands to heaven. Thank you, Father. With that understanding, as we partake of the communion, you realize that all things are brand new because of the cross. All things are brand new. So I keep looking to Jesus. I keep looking to Him. I keep looking to Him. He has assured me of all things being brand new. So I keep looking to Him. Glory to God. Lift your hands to heaven. Thank you, Father. All things are brand new because of the cross of Jesus. There is no more excuse for failure. I have a new heritage in Christ Jesus. I have a new DNA. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. I have a new DNA in you. Glory to God. The cross of Jesus, the blood of Jesus has guaranteed it. Thank you, Father. Your blood has guaranteed it. Thank you, Lord. For a moment, just go ahead and tell the Lord, thank you, Father. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross of Jesus. Oh, Shatana Marabahaya. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Oh, Shatela Namahanda. Thank you for the revelation of the cross. 
Thank you, Father. Ko shandela mafege ziba talakaya niano sakata bahaya. Oh, I belong to a new lineage. I belong to a new heritage. Oh, shande deke diadosa. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.